0: Hello and welcome to the making of the Rusty Quill Gaming Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Hannah Preisinger, and with me today I have Kathy Ramallah, Loria Ann Davis, Marissa
3: Ewing, and Tessa Vroom. And what is your role here at Rusty Towers? I am the
4: Rusty Quill Mastering Editor, I am the Vocal Cut Editor for Rusty Quill Gaming, I am also a Vocal Cut Editor for Rusty Quill Gaming, among other things. And I did the sound design for Rusty Quill Gaming. And just to add to the formula,
0: because this is my podcast now and you can't yeah. stop me, Alex. <laughs> uh, what is everyone's pronouns? Mine are she, her. She, her as well. She, her for me. She, her. And
5: she, they.
6: Nice. We did it. Hooray! We got the intro! That was so we easy. We did it First time. Straight through. Yeah. <laughs> First time. Yeah, absolutely. Gross. <laughs>
0: well hello everyone welcome we are here today to talk about this lovely podcast that we have put our our blood sweat and tears into hopefully not literally um it is it is over now oh it, it has ended and we are all sad there were there were some small some small tears that were had or maybe some, some big, tears. big tears i won't speak for everyone yep. some big
6: tears Moderately sized tears. There were tears through <laughs> the whole campaign, really, if we're honest. But yeah, particularly true, during the last few episodes.
0: One, yeah. one of the hallmarks of, of our Rusty Cool Gaming is, is just tears. Uh, you love it.
5: Every time I had to type comedy gaming podcast into the like, <laughs> metadata tag, I was like, this is a lie. It's a lie.
0: <laughs> I'm perpetuating a lie. We all know this is the horror one. <laughs> uh. Well, uh, I think to get things started, we could just go around our, our digital table and just describe a little bit of what it is that you do as your job for Rusty Quill Gaming. Obviously, we've got some folks who are multi-talented, work on other shows, do other roles, etc. Uh, but just for uh, our one podcast we're focusing on today, uh, if you could just say a bit about uh, what your role entails and uh, I guess like a true uh, cordial I will I will go first and give you all a little bit of time to think about what you want to say, <laughs> which I didn't get, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your sacrifice. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, so I am slash was uh, the <laughs> producer for Rusticle Gaming. Uh, and what that involves primarily is a lot of spreadsheets, a <laughs> lot of spreadsheets, and just basically keeping track of the production schedule and keeping tabs on uh, this wonderful editing squad here and making sure that everyone knows what they're working on, uh, making sure that deadlines are being met or adjusted for if need be. And what else do I do Um, (laughs) (laughs) emotional support emotional support we all emotional support each other really um I also liaise with uh, April, our production manager, and of course, Alex as the showrunner to decide things like what kind of content we want in our postseason time frame. So like this one right here Uh, and also chat with uh, the cast and with uh, various guests that are on to, you know, make sure everyone knows where they're supposed to be and, and what they're supposed to do when they get there. And yeah, that's that's pretty much me uh these guys are the ones who actually get their hands on all that delicious audio and do cool things to it uh oh that's the other thing i do i listen to the audio and like write up the show notes and stuff at, at the end so that everyone knows what's happening yes okay. <laughs> i
3: remember that's actually I very remembered.
6: important <laughs> yeah that is i suppose
3: pretty important okay <laughs> Thank you. all right fair enough
6: <laughs> and you post you post the podcast so people can hear it as well but i do is also i do also do that. that's a
0: very important part okay <laughs> okay i guess that's important um so let's see. I guess starting with sort of the the first steps in the the editing pipeline. Uh, let's start with Lori as uh, one of our vocal cut editors. Hello. What do you do, Lori?
6: What do I do? Um, <laughs> see, I... No one knows. <laughs> it's hard. Uh, um, I get the audio. I download everyone's audio and then I put it all together and I listen to it. <laughs> and get the emotions out of the way and then yep, just yep. do like you know big cuts of if if there was a battle that day like there's a chance that there was a lot of Extenuous chat then that isn't necessarily the most interesting thing to listen to. So I will like edit to make it a bit smoother, uh, hopefully keep it making sense and just kind of try and make the whole thing run smoothly. I guess I here's an example. I usually get about an hour, 15 minutes of content and then it cut it down to roughly 50 minutes. So. I cut about 25 minutes of content, basically, which is not content. You trust me, you don't, you don't want to listen to the tippy tappy of them looking up the rules and then reading it to each other and then debating yep. uh, how to apply that. <laughs> I promise you.
0: I feel like there are already people who are out there going, I do want to hear that. You do yeah, want to hear yeah, really, <laughs> I don't think you do. <laughs> We're, we're here to take care of you and give you good audio. Don't yeah. worry. We're, we're giving you the good stuff. Yeah. Um, and Marissa, as our other vocal cut editor, uh, is that pretty much same process for you as well? You have been um, largely our sort of like pinch hitter. Like you come in and, and help us make <laughs> things possible with our schedule when otherwise it wouldn't be. And we love you for it. Yeah. Um, so you've done like a lot of uh, specials, for example. Yeah. I... Uh, anything different there?
4: Um, the specials are a little different just because of, um, who's interacting with who and also, um, lots of that rules chatter that has to be cut at the beginning of each of the games. But, um, yeah, I've mostly done vocal cut editing for the specials. I've done, uh, a few of the main episodes and then I've also done a little bit of sound design Um, that one's more rare though. I think the last one I did was the, um, 2020 Halloween special, um, which was the crossover with Stella Firma where they were on the haunted (laughs) space station. That Um, was a time. But yeah, I usually just come in for the specials and, you know, um, kind of deal with the, um, audio that tends to be less of a regular format than the typical episodes. And goodness, we love you for it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, let's see. Uh, Tessa, Hello. Hi. Tell us about doing doing sound stuff.
5: Yeah, so I get whatever Laurie and Marissa have finished up, which is uh, so I don't get to hear all the nice uh, side chatter and the the ums and the haws and the all of that stuff. So I get the already the the fully wizarded dialogue audio it's been magicked into place mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then i listen through it and i take my notes about where people are what they're doing at what times and then i just make the sound i don't know how to explain it, <laughs> it just I mean, happens it, it just, just
4: you just hit a button i hit a button Soundify. and i go
5: into the microphone and then you know there it is
0: it's it's yeah. magic
5: no a Little lot of known fact: my...
0: every sound used in rusty quill gaming started as tessa going into the microphone and then the rest is just special effects yeah
5: exactly exactly no 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 i have to i have to say uh, most of the audio that i use is um creative commons audio or attribution credited audio that we find on uh free sound predominantly shout out to free sound yeah shout out to free sound it's a great Mm -hmm, it's a great resource and then i usually start with like the big background locations that they're in so if they're in an inn then you start with that you're like okay Is it a wooden inn? Is it a stone inn? Is there music? Is it more of a rowdy vibe? Is it a chill vibe? And what's their light source? Is it fire? Is it electricity? And you just try to build up from there and make sure that you've got like a good balance of your low and high tones. And you have to take things into consideration like with high tones. If it's a repetitive sound, that's going to be something that the ear tracks... And you don't want to draw away the attention from the dialogue and what's happening. So you have to be careful with those and not make them too loud or too obvious. And you also need mid-tones, but those can't overwhelm the voices. So that's what I do, basically. And then I use previously made sounds or making my own sounds or finding sounds that I've edited then to make like the attacked noises, magic noises, doors, uh yeah. chairs scraping. And yeah, and then line it all up in the to the vocal cut and try to decide when it makes the most sense to make the sound or if I have to repeat it a couple times because there's a lot of moments where someone will say, "Oh, I'm going to make this attack." And then they roll the dice and then they say how much damage they did. And mm. then they say the the after effect of the damage. And I'm like, "Okay, how do I do this? How do I make it make sense? Uh, so, yeah, I do that and listen to the whole thing. And I say, ah, it's, it's good enough. And I'm sure Kathy will <laughs> Kathy will make it sound better. And then I upload it.
0: <laughs> and on that note, Kathy, last but certainly not least in this pipeline, tell us
3: about what it is that you do. Oh, gosh. Well, to be original, I sit down and I listen to the audio. Um, <laughs> groundbreaking. That's, yeah, groundbreaking. Uh, it's, but, I mean, obviously, really important part for all of these stages. But mm-hmm. um, I take Tess's wonderful mix hey. and I uh, listen through <laughs> the full thing, start to finish, making notes on what I'm hearing and what stands out to me, what kind of pops out as Maybe something uh, unexpected or something that pops out as being um, incorrect. I'm looking for words that I can't find right now. Incorrect. My brain wants to say avant-garde, and that's totally not the (laughs) word I actually want (laughs) to use. Basically, I'm there to make sure that I'm the final check at the end. So I'm listening for things that... From a uh, storyline logic perspective, making sure that the VC track, the the spoken track, is going in a logical progression. Maybe there's a word or a phrase in there somewhere that is repetitive and we missed it during the course of reviewing an hour and a half long of audio Mm -hmm. uh, multiple times, which is very easy to do when you're reviewing that much audio. Mm. Additional voice cleanup. Sometimes there's, like, a straight plosive or something like that I'll go in and fix. Um, I think for the majority of Rusty Cool Gaming, it's kind of been a back-and-forth discussion with Tessa and I on a lot of soundscape stuff. Tessa does a wonderful job of, like, uh, crafting all of this together. There'll sometimes be, like—I think, like, in the past we've gone over— um, some timing things. A lot of the time, what I ended up doing is looking for context and looking for mm. historical matchup. Yeah, because I will never do research. I never want to do research, ever. <laughs> 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 yeah, what was it? When we did, uh, I think it was number 214, when the dragons started to make their appearance. Ah, Yes. Oh, gosh, that was several hours of research going back into the archives, finding every every moment of like Apophis and when the dragons appeared. Previously. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, for listeners that don't know, I think I joined on, I think, episode 205 or something like mm-hmm. that. Yes, you are the newest member of the squad. I know. I put credit out there right now. Most of the mastering you've probably heard thus far, if you've listened to the entire series, is mostly Alex and then some from Jeffrey. And then that was me kind of doing stuff at the tail end there. So big kudos to those two for all the amazing work they've done on that. Yes, But yeah, so joining at that moment in the series meant going and pretty much binging a whole bunch of past uh-huh. RQG episodes and uh, and trying to pull out stuff for uh, consistency and continuity. Um, That said, review all of it, figure out what works, what doesn't work. Tessa and I talk back and forth, making little tweaks here and there. And then when it's done... We just put some finishing touches on it and we shove it out the door to the public and to Hannah who takes yes. Care of it. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I catch
0: it as Kathy shoves it out the door and like <laughs> turn it around in my hands and look at it and make sure it's all properly working and then just, just drop kick it into the internet. <laughs> and that's, that's how that process works. Uh, cool. So there's there's a little peek behind the curtain at our, at our editing pipeline, I suppose. Uh, and we have started to touch on this a little bit in in those previous questions but I I'm actually curious this myself uh, have you listened to the podcast outside of your work on it have you heard the whole thing at this point uh, this is a question for everybody uh, I before I joined uh, Rusty quill had started listening to RQg and then had the wild experience of like listening to an episode and then getting ready for a uh, Skype job interview with like Alex and some other people, and suddenly being like, "Oh God, they're actually talking to me now! <laughs> What's happening?" <laughs> it was really trippy. Honestly, um, I personally have now heard the whole thing because uh, you know caught up beforehand, and then obviously now have listened to every episode
6: as it as it goes out. Uh, but how about the rest of you guys? I mean, the reason I joined Rusty Quill was because I loved Rusty Quill Gaming. Aww. I didn't know that. Oh, did you not? Know? I didn't know no. that either. Maybe I haven't said this publicly then. So I was doing a improv course with Bryn. And mm. yeah, we were just chatting in the bar after. And he was like mentioned that he was in a podcast. And I was like, oh, I, I like podcasts. Uh, listen to that. And then next week came back and was like, I love it so much. I'm on episode 60. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I, just, awesome. I just mainlined it, basically. <laughs> and then they were looking because I actually started my first job at Rusty Quill was the producer for Rusty Quill Gaming. So I did that for I a forgot. few months. Yeah. 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 So that's because they were Whoa. looking for a producer. And I was like, well, yeah, right. Uh, Please take me. That was exactly my process as well. (laughs) This sounds like
0: a thing I could do. Yeah.
6: Yeah. And then the editing spot came up. And I was like, yes, please. I want to do that. And then I started editing. And I think, I've looked back, and I think episode 106 was my first edit. I know the Spire special was my second one, because I will never forget that. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. And... I kept listening to it. So I used to listen when they would record. Obviously, they recorded in studio when I first started. Ah, yes. The before times. Because now producers sit in on recordings, but I didn't do that. I didn't go in. Uh, So as soon as all of the episodes, like they'd usually do like three or four per session. As soon as they were available to me, I would download them all and just listen to them all ahead of time. And then I got a bit chiller about it. Which makes me a little bit sad. Like I, I really did like being an Uber fan. Yeah, I guess I don't something that I do feel bad about is that I I, I haven't listened to a lot of Tessa's edits. Aww. Because I I really, really want to. But it's because there was always one after the other, one after the the other. And I'd spent so long listening to it. And I keep doing this thing where I'm like, I want to re-listen to it all. So I keep going back to the beginning. And then it's just not maintainable for me anymore to listen to them all. So I need to just be like, right, I'm going to season well, season four is enough to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> the infinite season I'm going to four. Start season four, and I'm just going to listen to it properly. I did listen to the myriad voices, though, because I really enjoyed that. Oh yeah, we will oh, we will definitely talk that about that. Uh, Marissa, how about you? Have you uh,
0: have you heard more than just the scatter shot? Like few episodes that that you have worked on?
4: Yeah, I've definitely heard more. So I joined. I was just looking at my files. My first edit was 167 though so I think I edited like when I was first signing on like a an older episode in like the eighties? But um, I've basically listened since one sixty seven, not the nineteen eighties. Yeah, sorry, no, 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 no. In the, in the episode list in the eighties, Kathy was like, "There's a whole two decades <laughs> yeah, worth of before you." started to... in like nineteen eighty six. Um, no, no but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I I had listened to an episode in the eighty uh number. And then I started listening back from the beginning um, and made it a significant chunk of the way. Um, so I'm still working on that. But so there's basically like knowledge in the beginning and then just like some things happen in the middle and then from 167 to the end. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> yeah. I like
6: that. Some yeah, things
4: happen. Yeah, I've... my. My listen through started fairly recently and I was like, I like this character, Sasha, but Sasha's not (laughs) further down the line. (laughs) What happens?
0: (laughs) Who's this Grizzop dude everyone (laughs) keeps talking about?
4: Yes. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, Jessa, how about you?
5: I have, I believe, listened to almost every episode. There's a couple specials that I never listened to. Because I, I did my interview during the summer for me, and Alex was like, "We're gonna want you on sound design for Rusty Cool Gaming," and I was just like, "Oh no, I've heard none of it," and I, <laughs> I, I didn't want to go into it not ha- knowing what what it had been like previously, and Alex told me like, "You you don't have to listen to the first you know, season to like learn what you're doing because the first season was really light on the sound design. So you should be listening more to the recent things. But I am a huge completionist and I wanted to know everything. So I spent two weeks of my summer vacation just listening to Rusty Cool Gaming. There's a whole gray zone toward the middle of stuff I do not remember because I don't know what was going on. But (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um yeah. So anyway, I I have listened to basically the whole thing and I used to listen to every episode when it would come out on the feed even though I had been editing it like 2 weeks before that and heard it basically at its complete state, but I would still usually listen and just hear what what additional changes Alex had made because at the time he was the master and and he didn't do it the way that Kathy does where Kathy gives kind of feedback and then I put my hands all over the audio again and tweak things and stuff and so then I'm hearing it even more and it's practically complete form yeah so I don't know when I stopped listening on the main feed I think probably around like episode 170 or 180 and I, I started editing also around episode 132, so that's 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 me.
0: That's how long I've been listening. Yep, <laughs> yep. And then Kathy, you mentioned that uh, as the newest member of the squad, you you sort of came in towards the end game here. Have you had a chance to, or had the desire to go back and and hear <laughs> all the rest of
3: it? I, I have had the desire to hear the full thing. I. I I negotiated with myself and I started at exactly episode 160. Nice. I chose 160 because I think that's the first episode that you, Hannah, were producer on. So I wanted to start from the very first episode where the whole team was all together. So I got a feel for everybody's mix and work and all that fun stuff. That's such
0: a wholesome way to decide
6: that. (laughs) I've listened to you,
2: and only you. <laughs>
6: okay. Yeah, that's less wholesome, but... That's, yeah, you're, you're veering away from wholesome, but that's okay, that's okay.
3: <laughs> um, there is an exception when that research popped up for um, the last few episodes of Rusty mm. Quill Gaming that I... Dragon stuff. Yeah, I started going back and, and spoiling myself on uh, a few of the earlier episodes, particularly the, um, the Rome storyline with Sasha and Grizzop, which... Let me tell you. <laughs> oh Listening wow. to that at the same time, listening to all of the end game stuff for Rusty Quill Gaming oh, at the same no. time—it was like such an emotional <laughs> whiplash. I was not ready for it <laughs> at all. Yeah, yeah, damn, that's a lot. <laughs> you know, I was like, here's oh all this gosh. thing with uh, with with our five six main crew and then Sasha and then Grissop then Sasha again like oh god I can't (laughs) I can't do this. Uh, I I have since uh, gone back and started listening from the first one to kind of get the rest of the context because you know I don't want this to be over even though it is. Mm -hmm. No. How dare you. I I, I think my stopping point though is um, BenQuest only because BenQuest (laughs) is where I started working on them. as well and because Mm. i'm so far along in the editing chain uh it's like i've heard what is essentially the you know the final product and i've listened to it so many times before it goes to release it's like i'm i'm good yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's fine (laughs) yeah that's fair
6: it'll be nice to revisit maybe in a few years but not now yeah
0: yeah give it give it a little space give it some breathing room
6: Mm. Well, cool. Uh, The next
0: question that I have actually is from a fan who submitted in the RQG mailbag a couple of questions for the editors. So their name is Kit and we appreciate Kit. Kit. Hello. We (laughs) think you're neat. We're going to answer your questions. Uh, So Kit and and I and, and the rest of the people would like to know, what was your favorite episode to work on? Is there something you're really proud of? I'm assuming in the context of RQG and not just in general, but you know, I'm I'm guessing there's probably stuff that you are really proud of in in your life overall. Um, oh, so <laughs> I <laughs> again will. Too close to <laughs> It was a dumb joke. You, um, I I again will uh, will stall you guys stall for some time for you guys and answer first. I think my favorite episode to work on was the. The last few, uh, because Mm. there there really was a sense of everyone sort of coming together for the big conclusion and like the way that the schedules worked out, it was like just a little bit stressful and just a little bit trying to hurry up. But Tessa had the brilliant idea of, for Myriad, mm. recording multiple people from this behind-the-scenes crew doing Alex's lines with him and layering them all together to form that beautiful hive mind. So that was such a cool, cool idea. And uh, I was very pleased to have a, a sneaky cameo in the final episode, uh, as did, I think, did all of you guys end up pitching in for that? I yeah, think, I think yeah. everyone did. Yeah. So I think that was probably uh, my favorite. And in terms of something I'm really proud of, I'm just I'm just proud of you guys and the whole thing. I feel like since I'm sort of in like a managerial-ish role, I get to say that I'm just proud of all of you guys, and and I'm sticking with it. So there you <laughs> go. Yay! Yay. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. I'm going to do a different order this time. So, surprise. Uh, Tessa. Tessa, do you have a favorite episode that you worked on?
5: I have favorite, like, sound moments that I can remember specifically. I think that episode-wise, I can remember the feeling of, like, oh, wow, I'm really proud of this episode, but I don't know specifically which ones they were. Um, because mm-hmm. it was just kind of a feeling afterwards where I was like, that one feels good to me. Uh, but th- just to go through quickly, some of my favorite and most proud of sounds were usually the ones that were really quite challenging to make, where I would sit and I'd be listening and I'd be like... How am I gonna do that? Why would they ask me to do that? What, the, how do I make like a, a giant dead whale fall on a glass tunnel deep under the ocean and like it slowly slides down and then the whole tunnel breaks and collapses and floods with water? And how do I do this? <laughs> so it would be things like that where, where I would go into it feeling really almost a level of despair and hopelessness and fear and like I'm not good enough for this job and I would come out the other side having made something that worked and surprising myself by being able to do that. So to go through some of the sounds were toward the very beginning the Grant Howitt special sexy battle wizards in the whole thing (laughs) was toward the beginning of my editing career here and I still hadn't really I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing and I got some really nice feedback from Alex on that one about like just some of the sounds I made and that in general if you're doing a Grant Howitt special whatever you can make is good because they're so <laughs> I, I don't even know how to describe them they're just kind of they're all so much full-all. yes so the Christmas heart sound effects was one that that I where they kind of go into this like beating christmas heart and i like had layered jingle bells with like a heartbeat and like all these other things uh that was one and like tinsel i'd recorded rustling tinsel i stole tinsel from my
0: school and i was like rustling <laughs> it um yeah. so that's stolen one thing. tinsel it sounds different it than the, tinsel, the normal yeah. kind i still have jingle <laughs> bell,
5: the, the bells in a box over here because i've got a little sound box that i of things that make interesting sounds Ooh we're gonna come back to that <laughs> and yeah i can make some of them on the recording the so the christmas heart sound effects uh the whale falling on the glass tunnel as i described earlier the vengeance crashing
6: <gasps> Oof,
5: yeah mm-hmm. uh the dragon fight scenes toward the end the shards that had like all these different things going on in them where like one they would fall into the mm. shard and it would be like a shard full of boulders and they'd get bludgeoned around and then they'd fall out the other side and be back in like the void that whole
0: thing (laughs) was the element of surprise yeah the element of surprise
5: (laughs) that one was really interesting to make because you have to make so many different sounds for that like the whole clockwork shard and the fire shard and so i liked that one a lot myriad too was was challenging but fun uh yeah and I also always loved it whenever there were like respites from the fighting and everything. And there was a more calm episode where it was like standing mm-hmm. and talking by the ocean. Um, I liked the nature sounds a lot. And I wish that the crew spent more time outside during my part of the cam- campaign. <laughs> <laughs> they were doing a lot of dungeon crawling right when I joined. And then, anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. I've, I said a lot of things, but I was in general proud of the things that were really hard for me to make.
0: Mm. Well, that makes a great deal of sense. Uh, Marissa, how about you? Favorite episode to work on, anything you're particularly proud of?
4: Yeah, so I would say I'll I'll pick two. One that I did sound design and one that I did dialogue editing on. For sound design, that would definitely be the uh, RQG-Stella Firma crossover for Halloween, um, that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, Because I, so that was my first sound design for Rusty Quill, and um, I specialize in horror, um, like, the horror genre in general, outside of Rusty Quill, so I was really excited that this one was going to be, like, a spooky Halloween episode. But I'm not as used to doing comedy sound effects, so blending horror Hmm. and comedy was incredibly chaotic and... I'd say a bit difficult for me at first, but fortunately I got, you know, really good feedback between um Tessa and Alex, but I think it turned out really well. And also just the fact of like, every single character was incredibly strange in some way, like one of them had knives for hands. Um <laughs> And it's like, how do you have a character that walks and has like knives that they use and just like hit against things or, um, you know, some of the sci- sci-fi sound effects. So... That one was definitely one of the hardest but most fun to work on, especially the second episode, which is where things really started to get uh, chaotic. But I think my favorite dialogue edit would actually be um, the crossover between Rusty Quill Gaming and These Flimsy Rituals, which I think Mm. might have only been Mm. on Patreon. But um, I thought that the system that they were playing in was really fun in the world that they created in only three episodes was really rich and expansive. So mm. it was kind of a joy to really edit that one because it was, it was just really fun to listen to and work on. So I'd say that that one was probably my favorite. I don't know which of the three, probably all three of them.
0: Nice. Oh, very cool. Let's see. Kathy, how about you?
3: Well, <laughs> I have a, I have a smaller pool to pull from. I, Honestly across the board um I the enjoyed The Marbles. The Marbles. <laughs> the Marbles. Yeah. The marbles. Yes. Tessa okay, just so... whispers the Marbles. <laughs> that is a mood. <laughs> so so there there's a story about the Marbles. Um yes, they were incredibly awesome as a whole. I'm going to I just want to say like the entire wrap up from I, I don't know where we were at like 211 to 212 to the end was just a Heck of a ride, and it was mm-hmm. really that wrap up was super enjoyable. Um, yeah, I'm proud of the marbles. Do I tell the marble story, Tessa? I, th- I think you I gotta think you tell the marble to. story. Do tell t- okay, I don't know if I even know the marble story. I mean, it's not, I'm making it up to be this big thing, it's not really, but it's just really fun. Um, so oh gosh was it episode 216 i do not remember you cannot ask me for numbers
6: it's
5: impossible
0: to tell Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll use the the alex newell rules for numbers which is it was episode 200 and <laughs> right episode
3: 200 um i was i was at my day job and i got a message from tessa out of the blue and it just said do you have any marble sounds? <laughs> and because we are already at endgame... No, I think I asked you, do you have any marbles? You don't have any marbles. All right. Keep in mind, I had started listening from episode 160, which was the very first episode where Azu had bought the marbles in the <gasps> oh, market. that's actually. such a beautiful... <laughs>
0: <laughs> right before the airship. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's Amazing. perfect. So
3: that was the only thing Tessa said was, do you have any marbles? And I immediately knew what she was
2: wanting. <laughs> <laughs> I was like,
3: Yes. I will go home and I will check, which I think after that, you kind of explained you needed a lot of marbles dropping, right? It was like... Well, it's
5: supposed to be like 9,000 marbles. Right. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Spoilers.
1: Um yeah.
3: <laughs> Obviously, we didn't have 9,000 and um, with what is probably available on Free Sound, there probably wasn't a lot for you to work with. No, there was almost nothing. Well, I went home and I, I, I scrounged through everything I had and I've... I counted, I came up with like about 220 marbles I happen to have on hand. So I put them all together in a bag, and it was like 10 p.m. at night. I went back <laughs> to my day job, which has a warehouse, and I just went to the back of the warehouse. I'm like, all right, I'm going to record this stuff. We're going to get this recording of all these marbles for Azu being dumped out so we can get that thing in the clock tower going. And so I took my bag, and I got it all set up, and I pour it, and it's about... A second and a half after I've started pouring it, and I see all of the marbles, they hit the floor and they start rolling across the warehouse. I'm like, oh no. no. I forgot I have to pick all these up. (laughs) Oh (laughs) no. I poured 220 marbles on the floor. Oh my God. And now they are all rolling to opposite ends of the warehouse. (laughs) Oh, Oh, buddy. And now I gotta go get these things (laughs) and do it again because obviously one recording isn't gonna be enough. Oh my God. So even now, it's like what we—it's uh, been several months now since like the yeah. last episode. I'm I'm still getting every so often a coworker who walks up to me like a little magpie and is like hands me a marble. Going, oh my <laughs> god! And they're like here you go, I found this for you. Like thank you. Oh, oh thank you. Very legend much. says <laughs> to
0: this day there are still marbles in house. <laughs>
6: There will always be marbles though
3: uh, yes <laughs> always marbles to fondly remember that one time i did not plan ahead oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what a result i
6: mean yes.
3: commitment
6: yes. i love yes. it
3: that's right. I, I was i was a little over eager but it was it was it was a good time and tessa <laughs> made sweet sweet sounds with it so yes i would have to say one other uh thing i was proud of mm-hmm. uh or like, i most enjoyed honestly was the end of Epilogue three. Mm. I took mm. a little bit of of happiness from the change that we made at the oh, last yeah. minute of the outro music.
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
3: That that got me. That got me.
0: <laughs> and a lot of people as well from from what I understand. Yeah. That
3: was a very lovely choice. We uh we had gone through the whole thing and we got to the end and it just seemed like the standard outro was a little too sudden. It was a little too blunt, and so mm-hmm. it kind of felt a little disjointed. So I'm like, well, right, well, we'll um, let's let's do an extended outro, uh, so additional music. And my original thought was, it's to give people a chance to like, ramp down from all the emotion that they've experienced in the epilogue three. And I didn't really realize when I was piecing together the new outro, and I was. Re-listening to it, and I'm like, feeling that little weird clutch in your chest when you feel something yeah. emotional. Like oh. that was actually signifying it was gonna make it worse. <laughs> yep. 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 Like, oops. <laughs> oh well. Whoopsie.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it works, right? It works. It do. It does. It was. It I, I really liked that choice. Okay, Lori, before we hear your favorite episode that you have worked on and get to some individual questions for all of you, we got to take Ooh. a little bit of a break. Oh, So we're going to do that oh. back in a minute.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.
0: Okay, so we left on the cliffhanger ending of finding out Laurie's <laughs> favorite episode to work on and anything that she's particularly proud of. So Laurie, what's what's up? This Tell is us gonna stuff.
6: this is gonna be worth sitting through the advert for. You're welcome. Yes, <laughs> mine nice. are very like vague and wishy washy. So one nice segue actually is, I adored editing the Azu marble bit just because Helen was so,
0: <laughs> so happy
6: with herself. <laughs> like, just radiant. It, and and, and it, it was all so right. Yeah. Because, you know, that the marbles have mm-hmm. been such a little, what, could you even call it a sea plot? They're not a plot. But they've just no. been there for so long and it felt <laughs> so right to use them. And I was like, yes! I guess. It, yeah, it's lots of little moments like that for me. Like, I remember, oh, the episode in Rome where Hamid does the fireball on himself. When Hamid pops. Yes. Yeah, when Hamid pops. Just, I mean, those, are as I said, I used to download all of the episodes and listen to them. And I would normally start like doing little edits and be like, oh, OK, I'll take out the big chunks that are obvious to take out as I do my first listen and things like that. But with that episode, I remember just being like, no, I have to just sit and listen because I I can't, I cannot focus on anything else. I'm so <laughs> nervous. And, you know, shouting at Ben to remember that he had paladin sacrifice and then just being like, <laughs> yes, when <laughs> lightning hit Barrett monster guy. And I have a lot of, I, I'm i so sad because I, I've i just changed my phone and I've lost all of my WhatsApp messages from 2018 oh, onwards because no. I don't pay for I don't have storage space whatever it's not that big a deal but what I'm sad about is that um, there are so many messages that I just send to Bryn like bless him he must just be in work and then he'll just get a message from me being like oh my god Sasha oh, oh my god this he's like <laughs> what episode do you want <laughs> Yeah. As for proudest moment, I don't know. I think kind of similar to what Tessa said, I know there have been a lot of moments where it would be like a cut where there's been like a really messy chat because they're trying to work things out. And then when you just get the cut right and you're like, oh, that flows so beautifully and no one's going to know how much I (laughs) cut out of (laughs) that.
0: But just being like, (laughs) yes,
6: that makes so much sense. Another fond memory I have of editing is editing the Honey Heist special. Because I did Mm. one of them. I was on a train going to Edinburgh, I think it was. And it was a packed train. And I was just sitting editing this thing, like snort laughing. (laughs) It was quite a quiet carriage and there was nothing I could do about it. It was just so funny. So I think maybe that points to one of my favourite things has been... Oh, it sounds too real, but like the, the cast are really funny. Yeah, they're really clever. It's true. And like, yeah, it's true. Like I don't do much tightening of. It's not like they'll workshop a joke or they sit for a while and chip in with a joke after like a pause of ten seconds. They're just really quick. Yeah, I think general enthusiasm is what I have. It's appropriate that I'm <laughs> producing enthusiasm. I think
5: it is. It, it, <laughs> yeah, that works out nicely. Something really interesting. Is that people won't know if you've done a good edit. Like if the vocal cuts mm-hmm. are done well, mm-hmm. people won't know. Mm. They'll only know if there's a mistake. Yeah. But with yeah. my edits, yeah. they'll mm-hmm. know if I've done something good, you know, like, cause they'll be like, mm. wow, that sounds so cool. So it's, it's really interesting. The difference between kind of the invisible satisfaction versus the visible satisfaction.
6: I'll be honest, I'm someone who really needs praise as well, so it's I find it really difficult.
1: So I'm like, ah you never know! Laurie, you're so good at things. Laurie, you you do an amazing job. You're really good.
6: Yes, keep it coming, thank you. Like I remember (laughs) Kathy doing an edit for Enthusiasm once, and it was like you were cutting something. It was. I'd heard the version before the cut and after the cut, and I just had to message Kathy to be like, Oh my gosh, that was such a beautiful (laughs) cut. It was so smooth, it sounded so natural. <laughs> I was so excited just to be able to like <laughs> share, like yes.
3: <laughs> and as as nice. somebody also in the invisible position, I I totally appreciated that too, Laurie. And good, right I'm glad. You, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like doing. VC cuts is always a is a thankless job sometimes, but man, when when y'all get it right, you get it right. Yay. Don't worry, we know, we know,
6: <laughs>
0: we know, we, know so we got you. That's alright. I've just yes. started asking for
3: it now, so it's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, taking taking that segue, uh, I have a couple of or a couple. I have a question for each of you individually. Mm. So, Laurie, I think we will start with you uh, and. Marissa, this may apply to you as well as our other uh, vocal cut editor here, so do chime in if you would like. Uh, But as a vocal cut editor, you are often the one responsible for bringing us those truly excellent bloopers. How do you (laughs) choose them? (laughs) And as a follow-up, is there a particular performer who most reliably produces the entertaining bloopers?
6: Oh. The interesting thing for me about the bloopers is that as time went on, we actually got less and less because the cast got so tight that there wasn't much messing around. I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe mm. not messing around. Maybe that's not that's not the right that's not the right phrase. But they were just very, very focused. I'd say, and just pr- very professional, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess. And there would be the odd moment. I think what what I do when I'm choosing bloopers is if it's something that is either clearly an aside or a mess up or something that just doesn't go with the flow of the story but just made me laugh. I'll just cut it out wholesale and just put it right, just stick it at the end. And I usually will have, well, anywhere between one or four potential bloopers. And then when I get to the end, if I then listen to it out of context and it still makes me laugh, I leave it in. There have been a few things where I'm like, Oh, beautiful. (laughs) That's staying. Like, actually, there's one at the end of... um the Q and A, the cast yes, Q, and the a Q and A, a, a one. Part one. I just finished listening to it and s- shipping it out. Oh gosh, yeah, That's there was hilarious. one. Just listening to that, and as even before they'd finished, and they like, kind of they did. I don't think they did retake it, but I was like, oh mm-hmm. well, this is a blooper isn't it? That's going. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what's happening with that. Yes. <laughs> oh man,
0: I'm listening to that tonight. So now I have something to look forward to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, does that answer the question? I th- it it does. Uh, if if you want to get gossipy about it, is there a particular performer who oh, yeah. uh, most reliably could give you goofs? Well, hmm. As you've said, they are all very talented and very funny. Yeah. So it's sort of sort of hard I to choose, I imagine.
6: <laughs> Alex for stumbling over words, but that's usually because he's so tired. So <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, that's not funny. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's fair. I mean, Lid and Helen's just filthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my laughs> I, I mean, I think some of those probably don't even make it to bloopers, but <laughs> they're just for you. <laughs> yeah, they're just—they're just in my collection. That's weird. No, they're not. <laughs> I don't have a collection. That would be very soon. No, I. Do you know what? I—I I don't think there is one. They're all. Everyone has contributed to the bloopers. I'm pretty sure. Excellent. All right. Marissa, hello.
0: Hello. So first of all, I don't know if you have been in the position of, of choosing bloopers, anything anything to add to the blooper discussion before we move on to your own question.
4: Yeah, I don't think so. Because even when I first started, it was 167 and there would maybe be a couple bloopers. Um, but yeah, like Laurie said, usually they were just so tight and focused that uh, I'd maybe get one. There were definitely a lot mm. more in the specials than in like main RQG. Um And those really just depended on like the chemistry between the different performers because sometimes they'd be people outside of the regular like Rusty Quill Gaming uh, crew. So sometimes just the fact that different styles and personalities would sometimes bump up against each other, those would make for funny moments. But yeah, in the main Rusty Quill Gaming episodes, Usually I'd maybe get one and that was it. Mm. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, then moving on to our question for you. You work on a lot of things besides Rusty Quill Gaming, uh, Mm -hmm. even uh, within Rusty Quill and outside of Rusty Quill. Uh, How has working on RQG compared to the other shows you've done editing work for? Not at all asking you to pick favorites, of course. Just curious if there have been, uh, you know, with the different genres that you uh, that you work with and all that. How has uh, how has this been unique?
2: I
4: think this is probably unique in the fact that it's really the only comedy that show that I've worked on. Um, enthusiasms can be comedic sometimes, but that's more of a talk show. So I really specialize in like sci-fi, horror, and talk podcasts. So I think it was a bit of a learning curve at first, just getting like comedic timing, even in vocal edits, because sometimes, um, You can add comedic timing just by adding a slight pause or shortening a pause or things like that that I really had to get used to, but... um, No joke, I did not realize that you did that. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) like, that that was a thing
0: that you guys did as part of the vocal cut. So, uh, great. Again, with the, you know, the good vocal cuts are the ones where you don't notice it. I never would have even guessed that. So,
4: well done there. Yeah, definitely with, with our timing, we can affect um kind of the mood of the story so getting used to that <laughs> in comedy versus like extremely dramatic or tense situations is definitely a change because i've done a little bit of like magnus specials editing as well and those were a little mm. bit more in my wheelhouse than rusty cool gaming but i'm glad that i got the chance to like broaden my horizons a little bit yeah and we're very glad that you did as well, because again, you
0: made things logistically possible so many times that otherwise would not have been. So, my my producer heart, thanks you very very much. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk to Tessa now. This actually is another question from Kit, Ooh, and you have you yeah. have sort of answered it already, but I will. Th- there are some more sort of sides to the prompt in this version, so I will I will let you add on as you would like. What is the weirdest sound slash sound with the strangest source slash sound you are most proud of making for this show? So I think you've already touched on stuff that you are most proud of. I, I personally am very curious what, uh, in terms of weirdest sound or sound with the weirdest source, uh, what you would say for that.
5: Yeah, I would say that that's kind of tangled up with the final episodes and working with Kathy, actually. Mm hmm. Um, because we had to, we had some previously made dragon noises, as mentioned, from way back when, um, that we, ha- that we could reuse, but they had just had like one or two different cries or growls or whatever. And we needed a lot of different emotions to come in the last couple episodes of like, Oh man, I've been impaled. And
0: <laughs> that relatable emotion.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm angry and oh, I'm very frustrated by this flighty little halfling flitting around. And ah, yes. all these different kind of emotions needed to come through in the, the dragon growls and like the lengths of the growls and the depth of them and and so I got to learn how people usually make dragon noises in that process with Kathy's very nice help in in our back and forth at the end because I didn't know I was like oh maybe it's just like a human going raw and then like really slowed <laughs> down and stretched out but turns out that a lot of dragon noises are made up of like alligators and what else Kathy help me out I've forgotten uh, we had alligators um, elk oh yeah the elk horse whoa
3: yeah I, I, did you what? have one or two that were made out of like wolf sounds because I noticed Probably. a certain type of growling in there yeah and uh, yeah I try to remember the others it, it was we kind of went back oh hippo was one hippo. too it's a nice deep oh, wow. noise so. yeah yeah, that was a good noise. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's all those
5: different sounds, and then you edit them and, you know, just mess with it until it sounds right-ish, and you hope it sounds good. And then Kathy says, oh, it's good enough, or, oh, let's change this part of it. Oh, oh hey, you've got too much horse in there. Take the horse
3: down a notch. Take the horse down a notch. <laughs> yeah um, what what did you end up using primarily Tessa like what was the what did you use I the most? don't remember yuki i it's been too long I
5: don't remember my <laughs> I think it was probably kind of I was really using the old sound and then trying to like layer things on top of it, sure yeah, so that it still had sort of the same tone. I loved the elk cries and so I tried to use those a lot, but it really changed the. It changed how it sounded too much from the the yeah. earlier versions, so then I had to take that back. I thought that the elk's the elk crying sounds were just their their like yell sound is so interesting and so strange. They're so cool. <laughs> yeah. Another sound, and this is kind of a more small thing, but I remember I was really struggling with it was when the the vengeance crashes and all of the characters are being thrown from the ship and they're being described oh. as like sliding through the snow for an extended period of time. And I was looking on free sound. It was not snowing outside here. So I couldn't go record my own snow sounds. I was looking on free sound and I was looking for sledding sounds for skiing sounds for snowboard. There were no sounds that were good to use for it that I could find at the time and I was at a loss. I was like, how do I make this? Also, how do I make, like, a ship sliding through the snow? That's such a huge sound. Uh, and all these other things. I don't know if the ship actually slid through the snow. Either way, the characters. I was like, how do I do it? And I had a moment of, like, an epiphany when I was, <gasps> like, doing oh. something totally different. Like, I was on a walk with my dog or Tika in the woods. And I was like, <gasps> Carpet! Carpet, pulling the carpets, <laughs> oh. dragging carpets, because I knew that there were all these carpet dragging sounds from previous times when I'd had to do like dragging a body around.
0: Ah. Like you do?
1: As yeah. you do. Yeah. Okay. Just okay. a no.
5: typical sound to make. Just uh, Your classic mm-hmm. comedy
6: podcast. Yes, yeah. classic yep. comedy yep. <laughs> podcast.
5: <laughs> Let's
0: drag some
6: bodies
5: around. I've actually, I have recorded dragging one of my friends around on, like, a tile floor before <laughs> for an episode. <laughs> um, yes. And so I found, like, really good carpet-dragging sounds and then made them huge by slowing them down a bunch and, like, putting all this bass and depth in- And it worked! Yay! Ooh. I mean, you know, looking back, I'm like, that sound could be better, of course, as with most things. But I was
0: still very pleased at the time. Well, good. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. And, uh... Since since you mentioned it earlier, I have to just ask, can you very quickly grab a random thing out of your sound box and just give us a little sample?
3: I am- Yay! Foley boxes are the best. Oh, it already sounds great! <laughs> 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 okay, well, I seem
5: to have lost... I lost my favorite uh, sound-making thing, or I got rid of it at some point, but I've got my jingle bells, of course. Uh, And I've got a harmonica, (laughs) which I cannot play, but I
6: have it. Um, A bunch of dice. Nice. Uh, Now, I I mean, if you need dice rolling sounds, I have uh, so many. (laughs) Uh, So many.
0: (laughs) They're really
6: handy to cover cuts. (laughs) I have
0: a cowbell. I mean, that was a... Yay. <laughs> Yay. Oh, Yay. Thank you. Thank you for the glimpse into the sound box. Uh and we are now getting getting close on time so we're going to try and hurry but I want to make sure we get to Kathy. So, Kathy.
3: No, you don't. That leaves you exist in the shadows. You don't <laughs> yeah, you,
0: No, you get out here. You come <laughs> no, here. No,
3: you or... get No. Stop it. Ah, ah, ah.
0: Listen, if I got to talk, you got to talk. No, okay, All right. Fine, fine. Okay. So, you are, as I mentioned, the newest member of the RQG editing squad. Yeah. Uh what was your first impression of the show and its crew when you initially joined and has that changed?
6: That is so much more of a personal question. question. Yeah, I Yeah,
0: the answer than we did. In all seriousness, if you don't want to answer it, I can try and think of something else. That's just what I could think of. I want you to tell
6: um, exactly
5: what you thought of me specifically upon first impression. <laughs> no filtration,
3: just honesty. No pressure, not at all. Um, I, seriously asking, should this be a different question? No, 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 no. Okay. To be completely honest, I, I was and now and always will be deeply impressed with the entire Rusty Quill Gaming crew and oh. Rusty Quill in general, but oh. Rusty Quill Gaming, y'all are my family at this point, so. yeah oh. oh. Yes. I, <laughs> uh, when I first looked at starting to help you guys with mastering and taking over for Alex uh I really wasn't sure I would be able to do you guys justice because you've already put together such an amazing series and an amazing show the very least I could do is give it the old college try and help out (laughs) where you needed it and uh, as long as nobody started screaming bloody murder of you know oh my gosh Get this girl out of here! She doesn't know what she's doing, um, <laughs> and you know I figured everything would be fine. But I, before I came on, I did a lot of stuff solo, so going to a group project mm. uh, scenario was um, was a change, but a good change. Yeah. So mm. it's been really awesome putting all of it together and and working with you all. The you'd you say impressions between then and now. Um, I, I did, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the only impression that's changed is that, you know, Alex has gone from being, you know, I'm trying to think of the words. Yeah, I'm thinking back to like when Alex first gave me like the once over of like, all right, here's how we do mastering. Here's how we go through this whole process, and um, at at the time, it just. Everything was feeling really overwhelming, so I I, mm. I, you know, I wanted to make sure I wasn't messing anything up. And then hearing him in the Rusty Cool gaming and hearing his mischievousness and his his uh, <laughs> antagonistic maybe? Okay. Yep. Oh yeah. One hundred percent okay. Yeah. No, I is... call it impishness.
6: Yes, that's probably the No, I call it very purposeful antagonistic traits. There's no <laughs> <excuses> <laughs> here. It's antagonistic. I make yeah. him sound good. No, I don't. He, <laughs> he's a lovely man. We love you, Alex.
3: <laughs> no, we we respect the craft, definitely.
6: Yes. I mean Exactly. He chooses to be the antagonist.
3: But you know. I managed to get over the the intimidation factor. There's still some there for everyone, but, you know. Well, I mean, your
6: addition to the team has been absolutely freaking awesome. Thank you so much. It's just lovely working with you. Oh, yes.
3: Okay. No. No. I, I give, no. no,
6: you haven't got one.
0: Oh no, no praise. <laughs> Who can take a compliment most awkwardly? Go. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It'll be fun. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll. I mean, I'll. I'll take it
5: the least awkwardly because I, I graciously accept every compliment directed towards me. Like, <laughs>
3: yes,
6: you're right. Yes. Yes. I I
0: you're
3: go.
6: amazing. You're fantastic as and you a should. star. Yes, thank yeah, you. I know. I know. A star. <laughs> Actually, there is there is a, a point of the um, editing pipeline that I think got really overlooked, which is Tessa messaging me on the day that my edit is due, being like, just very gently and friendly, like... is it going to be ready today and I'm like no Nessa, it's going to be tomorrow <laughs> I oh, really <laughs> yeah so I appreciate you for that
3: okay that makes me feel better because with Hannah I'm always going uh, yeah I know it's due today um, can you give me one or two more I'm sorry <laughs> things happen and
0: it's again. always okay mm. that is why you're building some leeway into the schedule so everyone can be cool because we want y'all to be safe a huge
5: appreciation to hannah the producer and all the like previous setup oh. uh, to have s- created mm. a system where there's enough of a buffer where like if we suddenly fall yes. ill or something happens or you just can't get mm-hmm. to it that you have a couple extra days and you know you have those if you need them so there's not as yeah. much like mm-hmm. pressure to work for eight hours in one day to get the whole thing done you know
4: yeah, yeah. like no crunch
5: no crunch yeah
4: oh.
0: yeah no no crunch. We don't we don't do crunchiness, only crunchy delicious sounds. <laughs> well, we're sort of at the end of our time here. Uh just as a, a final shout out since Tessa you mentioned uh, sort of the system that was in place and like uh we all have joined in kind of at various points along the process of Rusty Cool Gaming. Just a shout out to all of the other people that have helped make this show who are not on this mm-hmm. call with us. I don't have a list of names in front of me, but they there are many very cool, talented people who also did editing and did producing and did all of this stuff for the show. And uh, obviously they laid the groundwork for what we all have been working with and we, we love them for it. So just uh yeah, shout out to, to all you guys, wherever you mm-hmm. may be. You're cool. We like you. And I think with that, uh unless there's any any final closing thoughts anyone would like to toss in in our last few seconds, might be we might be at an end I here. I want
3: extra love from Marissa and Laurie cuz you both do. Awesome. I'll, yeah, I
0: support that. Extra love from Marissa and Laurie. It is hereby bequeathed. We're doing heart signs with the hands. It's it's official.
6: Yep. I don't know what that was. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to keep it in now. I'm going to come off sounding so good in
0: this. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Fantastic.
6: All right. Well,
0: then I guess we will wrap things up here. So, uh, in the usual tradition of rustical Gaming, uh, bye! Bye!
6: (laughs) Bye! (laughs)
3: Rusty
0: Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution non-commercial share-alike 4.0 international license. Today's episode was directed by Alexander J. Newell and produced by Hannah
2: Preisinger. To subscribe, buy merchandise or join our Patreon, visit RustyQuill.com. Rate and review us online, tweet us at the Rusty Quill. visit us on Facebook or email us via mail at RustyQuill.com. Join our community on the Discord or via Reddit at r slash RustyQuill. Thanks for listening.
6: Oh, damn it. I just thought of a really good thing I wanted to say. What? (laughs) You can say it now and add it in. A big moment. It could be a blooper. Fix it in post.
3: (laughs) Fix it in post. Oh, the worst words ever spoken.
6: Yes. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the intro has a Alex is so particular about where the oh yeah the, vocal comes in after it's yes. during the in- intro, mm-hmm. and I had been doing it for so long, and then literally. Like tens and tens and tens of episodes before he was like, finally, he was like, right, can we have a meeting about this really nicely? Like, really. He was like, I just don't understand why you don't get it. And it was, yeah, it's after the boom, boom. Yeah, there's a little doot, doot. And then that's yeah.
5: when the voices come in. I also sat in on that meeting and I was like, oh, I never yeah. even noticed that those
6: were there. Same. And now I can't not hear it. So I know what he means. Yeah.
1: Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
2: Hello all. It's Helen here, the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about the program. The program audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state, and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying, but our present. The programme is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about the programme at www.rustyquill.com or www.programmaudioseries.com or search for The Programme Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and enjoy the episode.